This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. Really, really excited about our next guest, Michael Moe, co-founder of GSV Asset Management, longtime thinker, investor, just all around good guy, and full confession, full disclosure, a friend of mine joining us on the phone from Woodside, California. Michael, uh, it's just great to hear your voice. How are you? I'm doing well, Jason. Great to hear your voice as well. All right. Well, I wish we were having this conversation uh, at the Village Pub uh, right yeah. next door to where you are. But uh, here we are. First of all, uh, you know, what's it like uh, out there? You're in California. Obviously, you know, before New York became the epicenter, you know, Northern California really was where people's uh, attention was focused. Uh, what do you make of it? What's going on around there? Well, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, clearly everywhere uh, people are, are – um, you know, or you know, a little bit of a shock. You know, I think the, you know, the the fear of the virus, you know, has um, really kind of consumed many people's thinking and behavior. And, and when people get scared, and I think many a lot of people are scared, you know, it's hard to focus on uh, much else. And so I think, generally speaking, that's kind of it. It's a little bit eerie. It's you know, I live in a place where there's typically a lot going on, a lot of energy, and it's very very quiet. Yeah, and I think we do wonder, Michael, you know, how much of kind of how we're adjusting our lives at this point, how much of it once we get through this, I'm assuming we of course will, you know, that how much of it stays with us in terms of, you know, concerns about viruses, because there will be more viruses to come, but also how we're kind of adapting our work lives, a lot of us working from home, and the ability to do that. I just wonder, you know, we had a conversation with someone who talked to a well-known uh, investor Kathy Wood, who invests in disruption, and she says, you know, when you see market disruption, that's where you kind of get innovation uh, and opportunity. So I wonder, you know, if you're looking at it in a similar way. That's clearly where the half is glass, you know, the half the mm. glass is half full. I mean, you've seen this over and over again, where you've had dislocation and disruption. You've also had huge opportunities, and so I think what's exciting, and and, and then again, this is a very serious situation, and. And obviously, the most important thing is you know, health and safety. But you are seeing people in their creativity and their innovation thinking about what you know, what does this mean and where does this go. So what I like to say is we were it was it was BC before that's before Corona, and now we've got AD, which is going to be you know, after the disease, and these opportunities that emerge AD um, I think are going to be. Uh, very exciting, and, and so that's part of what we're doing is focus on what what those opportunities might be, and also understand what it means for kind of the companies that um, grew up in the old world. Right. Well, one of the things we I wanted to make sure we talked about, Michael, was you know normally this time of year you are like in the thick of planning this massive conference that you do in in San Diego in partnership with Arizona State. Uh, I believe you know, you bring together some huge speakers to talk about the future of education, education technology, ed tech specifically. Uh, I guess two things. It seems like you've made a big decision to do a lot of that virtually this year. Tell us about that first. Well, we're shifting the physical conference to the fall um, with the hopes that things will be um, more or less back to normal by then. Mm -hmm. But we didn't want to lose the um, opportunity to convene people that we're going to do it virtually. So we're going to have a one-day virtual uh, event um, on next Wednesday, April 1st. And we call this you know, the dawn of the age of digital learning because while digital learning 
has been you know growing at a very healthy clip up until now um, you know this the coronavirus has really been uh, a major catalyst to mm. accelerate this and with whether you're a parent whether you're a k-12 school you know there's 1.4 billion kids around the world right now that that we're going to school and now are home um, you know universities are scrambling to figure out what they do to um, you know to provide uh, courses for for their for their you know, college students and corporations are, are, are reimagining what they need to do to upskill reschool their their workforce so it it is, is as much of this is a a very difficult situation for society and for the economy for online learning um it's it's i think a you know it, it's based on accelerant to the future well, and the same thing with like I think um, you know using the virtual world in terms of distance and reaching out to our medical community, right? In terms of uh, telehealth, um, I mean, I wonder if that is something that we look at very differently coming out on the other side. For sure. I mean, again, I think this has been this has been a, a total shift in terms of how people you know, think about you know, what you know the sort of the realities of of a interconnected world, urbanization. And, uh, and and globalization that that uh, you know the pandemics you know people that are you know worry about you know things that could happen in the future have been worried about pandemics for some time, but really this is the first time where it's been you know basically you know relevant to everybody, yeah. and I think that kind of you know mind shift is going to affect you know this isn't because the genie's not going back in the bottle, I think it's a permanent shift about how people think about. Um, activity and how they've done, you know, how they do things in the future differently than maybe they did in the past. Let's get back to our conversation with Michael Moe. He is out in California and is co-founder of GSV Asset Management. Michael, uh, great to have you still with us. And, you know, you wrote a book a couple years ago uh, that I read. It's fantastic. And it's about Global Silicon Valley. This whole notion of the Global Silicon Valley is the Global Silicon Valley Handbook is the technical title. Um but you have really explored this notion of this interconnected world and this notion that the ideas, the ethos of Silicon Valley is much wider spread than just the place where you uh, happen to be sitting right now. Does this dent that ambition at all or does it strengthen it? Yeah, I think it actually is going to strengthen it. And I think that's you know, partially you've had this trend that's been going on for you know, a dozen years uh, you know the you know, GSV stands for Global Silicon Valley, and so to your point, you know the mindset of innovation and entrepreneurship that's made Silicon Valley such an amazing place, and I've been fortunate to live in for 25 years, is going, you know, spreading throughout the world. And you're looking at the ambition that uh, exists with you know, young people that want to not work for the large company but want to start their own business. And you know, in today's world, where you know you're going to have more difficult you know, hiring is going to not be as robust as what we've seen for the last five years. You're going to see that likely accelerate because your opportunity cost to start a business is lower. Hmm. And so what we're seeing is from you know from Austin to Boston, from Chicago to Sao Paulo, from Mumbai to Shanghai, Dubai, this emergence of this global Silicon Valley. And just to put some meat on the bones in terms of data, ten years ago, 92% of all venture capital was the United States, and much of that was Silicon Valley. Last year, 55% of all venture capital was outside of the United States. Wow. So you, the shift has been dramatic, and it's exciting. It's great. I mean, you know, the U.S. is 94%, or, or excuse me, U.S. is 4% of the world population. So spreading, you know, democratizing uh, entrepreneurship, you know, creating uh, opportunities 
wherever you might be. You don't have to move to Silicon Valley to start uh, an idea that uh, could be transformative. I think that's very, very positive both for entrepreneurs but also for society overall. Right, creates a competitive environment, and as Jason knows, I'm a pretty competitive kind of person. But I think, it, but no. I think, but I think it makes all of us, and he is too, and it makes the world or it makes us all better. But I do wonder, you've heard some of the conversations, Michael, about, um, a, you know, kind of a, a tech, you know, war between uh, China and the United States. How do you see it as you look around the globe? Are we are we going to be entering that kind of phase, and is that a good kind of war to be having? If so. Well, I think the war of creating better product and better technology is going to ultimately benefit um, society and, and everybody. I mean, when you go to China, I've been to China 20 times in the last three years. And the thing I know about China is the more I go, the less I know. But I also know the ambition of the people in China is remarkable. So it used to be the place that you know was, was a copier. You know, they were, they were the imitator. Now they're the innovator. And so there is like artificial intelligence. It's going to push you know, other geographies, including the United States, to compete. And I think the, you know, the kind of the noise with the, with the China-U.S. Uh, trade war, you know, while that's created a lot of, um, you know, some, a lot, lot of noise, I think ultimately it should have a benefit to, to, to level a playing field that ultimately, you know, benefits everybody that wants to compete on a more fair basis. So anyway, I think, and there's no absolute, um, you know, answer, but the but the but the overall gravity of this is, I think it's it's going to accelerate innovation and technology. It's going to benefit society. It's going to benefit business. And so, you know, Michael, one of the reasons I, I love talking to you, and especially like having dinner with you, is you just you can be so expansive uh, in a lot of ways. And I've seen some very provocative presentations that you've given, as I was alluding to earlier. You have a great historical perspective about the markets, about economies uh, globally and, and domestically. Put this in perspective for us. We keep throwing around words like unprecedented, which it is in, in a lot of ways. But help us, uh, give us some context here. Maybe that'll make us feel a little bit better about this disruptive time we seem to be living in. Well, I think what we've seen, I mean, you know, first of all, anytime you've, you've seen a number of times, anytime you have a 20% or greater decline, 80% of the time that is followed by a recession. So I think that's a reality. Do you have a V shape? Do you have a U shape? Do you have an L shape? I'm bullish that you have overall um, platform in, in terms of business opportunity and activity that, that will, uh, when, when we get the, the, the panic behind us, it's not going to be back to normal, but I think you're going to see things that emerge. And, and, and to the earlier part of our conversation, I think you're going to see new areas or areas that existed, but all of a sudden you see this boom and acceleration. You know, obviously, you know, I mean, <laughs> Zoom and Slack are, are two places that, um, you know, just it just it's, it's, you know that that's going to be a, a, a mega wave for a long time. Uh, the area that's personal, uh, that's that's near and dear to your heart, you know, personal fitness. Yeah. You you look at these, you know, the companies, the you know, the Pelotons, the the uh, Tonals, the the mirrors. I mean, this is you see more and more innovation, you know, in the, in that in that world. And and, and again, you, you what the great news about entrepreneurs is they solve problems. They run to white space. They write to run to issues. And I think you're going to see. Very exciting companies, like we saw after the financial crisis. You, right. you had, you know, you had Square, you had Stripe, you had Uber. You know, all these these are all in the in the rubble of the the mess of the financial crisis. And again, I think I'm I'm hopeful, I'm optimistic, like we've seen, you know, throughout history, basically, that new leaders emerge from uh, disruptive times. 
All right. We're going to leave it there. We could talk to you Wish all you day. Wish you could stay for an uh, hour. <laughs> Michael Moe, you're the best. Uh, come so see us great. in New York. We'll come see you in Silicon Valley uh, once this is all uh, said and done. Always What's that cafe you guys go your, to? Is it the, the Village? Village Pub. It's the Village Pub, and it's uh, one of the <laughs> best restaurants I've ever been to, and it's a great place to go and hang out with Michael Moe, have a nice glass of wine and a nice dinner, and uh, hopefully solve some of the problems of the world. Michael Moe uh, is the co-founder of Global Silicon Valley, GSV Asset Management. His great book's stuff. really worth reading, Global Silicon Valley Handbook and Finding the Next Starbucks, a fascinating uh, career that he right. has had.